everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery. My name is Heather and I know very little about true crime. Last season, I knew nothing. Now, I know a little. And my name is Jillian and I'm a little bit more of a true crime expert than I was last year. True. We started this podcast so that I could learn more about true crime because Jill is obsessed and I am terrified. And it's actually worked out pretty well and I haven't been too scared. And so hopefully you won't be too scared either. And maybe you'll learn something. If you're new to our podcast, each week Jill tells us a new story, including both local and national cases. Now let's get started with season two. So today's story is one that I'm assuming most of you have heard, especially by the title that Heather does not know yet. But I am pretty sure you also have heard of this. Okay. But I've said that before. Mm-hmm. You have. I have. Many times. So. And then I pull one out of nowhere and I know about Julia Tefana. The fact her? that you remember her name makes me proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably remember everybody's name that we've talked about. I don't even remember I have like files name. of every case in my brain. You're more organized in your head than I am yeah. in any aspect of my life. Probably. Well, and then again, probably less organized than you are. It's like the episode of SpongeBob where everything's on fire. Yes, yes. Okay, so we have not really started yet, but I've talked to Darren about this before because in high school I was good at math. Like I was in the high math classes, but if you asked me how to do math, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like I do not consciously know how to do math. But if you ask me a question, my brain feels like it's that SpongeBob episode where everything's on fire and then all of a sudden I will say something and it will be right. It's very peculiar. You're like Rain Man. It's strange. I mean, like, Darian will be like, what is the integral of da-da-da-da-da? And I, like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'll spit it out. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> That's I, very cool. I don't know. I can't do math. I don't even know all the months in order half the time. So um, That's problematic. I do now. Maybe you should tell people part. that. I just have to, to, like, I don't know them. If you're like eight, I would have to count. So number I know. Number eight? Yeah. August. Yeah, I know. Like, well, I can be number like, five. May, obviously. That's my birthday month. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Number 11. December. November. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was thinking in my head, I was like, November, December. <laughs> like, I can do it like that. <laughs> Should we leave this in? Yes, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> That is the best thing that's happened to me all day. <laughs> I just had to, like, my brain works like that. Like, I have to, like, say it out of my head. I'm like, 11. I was like, okay, well, I know December is 12, so I'm going to go back from 1, and that's November. And December, like, November. Yeah, December, November. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Not to make fun of you. Oh, no, we're making fun of me. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you can make fun of me anytime because I'm probably already laughing. That sounded very, like, cliche. But anyway... Uh, if it's true, it's true. True. But before we get into today's case, listener discretion is advised because it does mention kidnapping of children. So if that's something that bothers you, this might not be the best episode to listen to. Today we're going to be discussing the disappearance of Madeline McCann. I definitely have heard that name, but I do not know anything about this. But I definitely have heard that name. Okay. Well... <laughs> As we talk about this more, I'll probably be like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. Like, the name rings a bell. Do you know anything about Casey Anthony? No. <laughs> okay, you can lie with me for not knowing math or months, but 
Oh my god. I'm sorry. Is Casey Anthony more important than knowing the months of the year? Yes. No! Yes. No. If somebody came up to me on the street and they were like, what month is it? I'd be like, whatever. But if Casey Anthony came up to me on the street, you would have to know. Because you need to do something about that. Okay. All right. We know what next episode's going to be. Okay. (laughs) This is actually so surprising to me. I have goosebumps. Why? Because I cannot believe. I've heard of that name, but I I don't know anything about it. You know, like, sometimes you hear, like, I don't know, like, you hear the name of the person or the per- bad person or whatever. Mm-hmm. If it's the good or the bad, I don't know. But you hear the name, but you don't know what's going on. That's how it is with Casey Anthony. I feel like I'm supposed to be scared of that person. Yes. Okay, that's all I know. Not scared, but she needs she needs. It's a junk. girl? She needs junk. I thought it was a boy. All right. Well, <laughs> we're leaving all this in. This is the longest intro ever, but it was needed. It's Okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So, to jump into things, Madeline was born on May 12th of 2003 to Kate and Gary McCann. She was born in Leicester. I don't know if I said that right. United Kingdom. She became a big sister when her parents had twins named Sean and Amelie. Kate and Gary were both physicians and pretty well off. In the summer of 2007, the family... <gasps> Is this the one where the people go on vacation and the little girl gets kidnapped in the middle of the night? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, we were only a sentence into it, so that was pretty good. Record timing. Wow. I, I figured it out. Okay. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm sorry pretty sure. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that everyone has heard of this case. Yeah, I think so, too. If I have, everybody has. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so they went on vacation at the Oceans Club in Perea da Luz, Portugal. From what her parents said, their vacation was going great. There were some friends with them, and towards the end of their seven-day stay is when tragedy struck. On May 3rd, 2007, the kids spent the morning post-breakfast at the kids' club that was on the resort. After they all got lunch back at their apartment, they headed to the pool. After the pool, they went back to the kids' club, and then after they were picked up from the kids' club, they went back to the apartment. I am assuming that... They were fed dinner, but it doesn't say that. But then they were put to sleep while their dad was at tennis lessons. Around 8.30, her parents, well, he put them, or she put them to sleep at 8.30. Mm -hmm. But I assume in between then, dinner was made. For the kids, at least. Because the adults went to get dinner and drinks with some of their friends. This was at a restaurant at the resort. But it was like, it was less than 200 feet. From where the apartment patio doors were. Mm -hmm. And when I say apartment, like, it was, like, condos type Mm -hmm. of things. Um, But it wasn't, like, it was directly there. Like, they could see the apartment, but they couldn't see the doors. Because it was, like, on the bottom floor. And there was, like, stuff in the way. So they had... I know it was, like, sounds weird, but you kind of have to describe it. So they had to, like, go out onto a public street and then go into the resort. So, but it was still, like, right there, you know? Okay. So, the friends that they were having dinner with also had kids. And so, they all left their patio, or at least the McCann's did. I assume they all did. Left the patio doors unlocked to the outside of the apartment. And they just, like, closed the curtain. But they would take, like, rotations, checking on the kids so every 30 minutes or so, they would go and check on the on their kids. And I don't know how old the other people's kids were. Yeah, I don't think you want 
to be sharing any details about your children in this case because then you're going to get people are going to be talking about you too oh they yeah they were anyway yeah everything was fine until later around 10 p.m when kate went to check on the kids she said she came through the patio door and she noticed the kids bedroom door was wide open when she tried to close it it slammed this was when she noticed that it like caught a draft Mm -hmm. so she noticed that the window in the bedroom was open along with the blinds and that Madeline was not in her bed, but her stuffed animal and blanket were still there. She frantically looked through the apartment and saw that Madeline was nowhere to be found. Kate ran back to the restaurant, screaming that Madeline was gone and someone had taken her. Now, the someone had taken her. Half of the places, like, the articles said that she just said Madeline was gone. But then the other half said that someone had taken her. So I don't really know which is which. Yeah. But I'm assuming since half of them, maybe the other half just didn't add it. Yeah. But they immediately called the police and everyone, including guests and staff, searched for Madeline. They initially believed that she had just wandered off and was lost, or mm-hmm. the investigators did. So they they searched until morning and all the police and employees at the local airports were put on alert for a missing child. Hundreds of tourists and locals alike searched for Madeline, calling her name. Police seriously dropped the ball on this in the beginning of the case, which we all know the first 48 is the most important. Mm -hmm. They did not give border police descriptions of Madeline, at least in the beginning. They did not go do a house-to-house searches in the area, and they did not immediately do roadblocks. They also didn't monitor people leaving the resort on top of many other things that should be done in kidnapping cases. The simplest things such as interviewing everyone that was staying at the resort. And securing the crime scene, which we've talked about other times, there was around 20 people that were in and out of the apartment before they closed it off for investigation. Wow. Yeah. And even, like, even the person that was taking fingerprint dustings, he wasn't even wearing gloves. Interesting. This is, and my thing is, is if you're taking fingerprints, you know someone else was involved. So it wasn't even, like, a lost child. Like, if you're taking fingerprints, you know that this is an investigation of a missing or abducted child because why else would you take fingerprints yeah so they're like still not taking it seriously even at that point are these like real police Mm -hmm. or are these like resort police no these were like the real police in in portugal okay because you know sometimes people have like security staff well or they'll like call it the police Mm -hmm. you know yeah I just watched the documentary on Netflix a while back, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey, about oh, the Mormons. The Mormons. Mm-hmm. And in their town, they just created their own entire infrastru- infrastructure, and they had their own Mormon police people. Mm-hmm. But the Mormon police people were just policing, like, Mormon religious laws, and they didn't really know what they were doing. Right. So I'm just wondering if it would be similar to that. Like, the resort decided that they were their own city, so they had their own police. No. It was okay. Yeah, no, these were the actual bad, police, but... Bad. Yeah. Law enforcement. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're talking about because the Amish people have that too. Do they? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't, I mean, they're not keep sweet and pray, but they are, I know that it is very rare for, and I believe it's the same on reservations, that it's like rare yeah, for. I think so too. Yeah. For city police or county police to get involved in their issues. So, but no, these were like, and I don't know how it is in other countries, but these were, like, official police and investigators. They were just were really bad at their job. <laughs> so, 
There was no sign of forced entry. One thing that was noted was that when Gary, the dad... I don't understand. If a kidnapper person kidnapped this girl, I don't understand why they would walk in through the unlocked door and then go out the window. There are some speculations that someone went in through the unlocked door and handed her out of the window. Oh. But... Who knows? Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Right. So the father said that earlier when he went and checked on them, they were all asleep, but he remembered that he had left the bedroom door to the children's room, like, cracked open, and that when he went to check on them, it was wide open, but he didn't think much of it and pulled it closed again, and then he went out back to the restaurant. After this, Kate was going to check on the kids, but a friend there with them named Matthew offered to do it since their rooms were right, their apartments were right next to each other and he was going to check on his own kids anyway. He said that the bedroom door to the children's room was wide open, but he didn't actually go into the bedroom to see if they were there. He said that he just didn't hear any noises and assumed that obviously they were still sleeping. Mm -hmm. He couldn't remember if the window was open or closed. He was also considered a suspect in the beginning and rumors implied that he handed Madeline to someone through the window Because they said it was suspicious that he had offered to check on their kids. But I don't think you go to a vacation in a different country with friends if you're, like, barely know them. Yeah. So I feel like these were, like, good friends, you know? During the investigation, uh, in the beginning, police were baffled. Suspects were Madeline's parents, not of kidnapping her, but there was a theory that she had accidentally died at the resort and that her parents disposed of her body to cover it up. There were also, mm-hmm, also talks of... For what reason would you do that? Like, I... If your child accidentally dies, like, what... How do you... How does your child accidentally die in a manner that you wouldn't call 911? Um, you I know, know I mean? with certain cases that people think that the parents did it, which I feel like you also haven't heard of. So, you know, we're just going to go on a spree of, like, most infamous cases. Um... But in certain cases, they believe that, like, and we actually talked about it, too, like, the boy in the box, where his mom, or his whoever, the theory was that she had, like, beat him almost to the point of death, but Mm -hmm. didn't obviously call the police because she didn't want to get arrested for child abuse. Mm -hmm. And so that she, like, disposed of him, which, if you haven't listened to that one, it's, like, a theory. But there are a lot of people that suspect that in cases, because obviously if your kid tripped and fell... Yeah. You would call 911, but if you beat your kid and you knock them unconscious. Okay. You know? Okay. Which I'm not saying that's what happened at all. No, I'm just, no, that's helpful because I was, I did not understand in what scenario you would do that. But it's that Because you're a decent person and you wouldn't think of that. I know. <laughs> um, so they, they thought it was a cover up. It was also talked about obviously being abducted by a stranger and even trafficking rumors. Nine days after her disappearance, police said that they believed Madeline was still in Portugal and that she was still alive. For why? Why'd they say that? Like, what was their evidence? I don't think they had evidence. Okay. <laughs> I just think that they were like, no, we th- we still think she's here. Okay. It's not like they, like, patrolled any, you know? Yeah. So... Madeline's parents said that they couldn't describe the anguish and despair that they were feeling, and I can't imagine being, one, stuck away from home while your child is missing, Mm -hmm. 
And on top of all of that, they're getting blamed for her disappearance mm-hmm. by police. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So one key aspect of the early investigation was a sighting of a man carrying a young child. It was said that he was seen that same night by Jane Tanner, who was th- there to check on her daughter. And she was one of the family friends that was there with them. Okay. Um. She said that she saw a man walking across the street ahead of her and that he was carrying a young child wearing pink pajamas with a floral pattern. These were similar to the ones that Madeline was wearing at the time of her disappearance. Why would that lady not be alarmed? Well, I don't know. I don't think... Oh, well, I don't think she knew what Madeline was wearing when she went to bed, though. Oh, that would make sense. But she said that... The man had dark hair, white skin, and was about five foot seven, looking 35 to 40 years old. He was wearing tannish pants and a dark jacket, but she said that he didn't look like a tourist. Jane gave this information to the police as soon as the reports was filed, but they dropped the ball here again. The description of the suspect was not given to the media until May 25th, over 20 days after the initial disappearance, and a forensic sketch of the man was not done or and released until October of that year. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. But in October of 2013, after investigators said that they found the man that Jane had seen and that he was actually returning to his apartment after he picked up his child from the kids club and that they had pictures of him in similar clothes and pictures of his daughter wearing similar, similar clothes to Madeline's. But they were certain that he was not related to their abduction. Her abduction. Okay. Another sighting was by a couple named Mary and Martin Smith, who were from Ireland on vacation. They said that they saw a man around the same time near the apartment that Madeline was last seen at, carrying a girl three to four years old with blonde hair and pale skin. She was wearing pajamas and didn't have shoes on. They said that the man was mid-30s to 40s, or mid-30s to 45 with short brown hair wearing beige pants. They noted noted that he seemed to be uncomfortable carrying the child, but he did not look like a tourist to them. The sketch of a sub a sketch of the subject was not created until 2008 and was not released to the public until 2013. Nothing has came from this. A hundred days after her disappearance, investigators announced that they are unsure if she was still alive. In dis- in September of that year, the McCann family returned home to the UK. That November, Gary said that he believes someone had been watching them, and Kate said that they had reserved this exact same table at this exact same time for multiple nights during their stay, and that it was written down, which I assume, like, by a hostess, that they wanted it because they could see where their kids were, Mm -hmm. because this wasn't the first night they had done this. So she thinks that somebody had seen that written down, and picked up on the rotation habits, and that's when they took the opportunity to kidnap Madeline. Madeline was in the same room as her twin siblings, but they were obviously very young. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is noted that when they had breakfast that morning of her disappearance, she said to her mom, why didn't you come in when I was crying last night? Which now they think that maybe that man was there before, and when I, you know, that mm. that the man had came in the night before, and that's why she was, like, crying, but they didn't, well, they weren't there or something. But, obviously, that's speculation, 
Um, That's spooky. Mm-hmm. In 2013. It's spooky either way, obviously. She, like, somebody took her or she got away or whatever happened, I don't know, but she's clearly gone. Right. In 2013, when they had released the sketch that the couple had reported, they said that they had 41 potential suspects. In 2014, they said that they had planned to make arrests, but none came from this. From what I can tell, they narrowed it down to four suspects, but in April of 2017, they were all ruled out. In June of 2020, investigators revealed that they had a 43-year-old man who was German who was in prison for child abuse and drugs, and they believed that he was a suspect. Meanwhile, her parents said that they just wanted to find her and find the truth, no matter what the outcome was. The police in Germany officially classified this as a murder case because they do assume that Madeline is no longer alive. In April of 2022, the suspect, Christian Bruckner, was declared as the official suspect in this case, but nothing has been confirmed linking him to the involvement. Madeline's case is by far one of the most well-known cold cases in history, but fast forward 16 years after her disappearance, there are emerging Clues that may or may not have her parents having closure soon. Obviously, I am very skeptical to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but very recently, like a couple days ago, like, well, like last week, a woman named Julia, who lives in Poland, came out and said that she thinks she's Madeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the only thing that usually stuff, we know stuff like this happens all the time. The only reason that I'm like, okay, like, this is, like, something worthy of talking about is because Madeline's parents agreed to do a DNA test, which I know for a fact that over all of these years, they would not just agree to do a DNA test Mm -hmm. for just for funsies, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the only thing that really has me thinking, like, oh, my gosh. Um, Obviously, I don't know. There's a lot of really weird things going on around around this so they're not the same age but um it's weird because so they do have similar features like they have a similar beauty mark and the one that really got me was you know how sometimes people have like specks on their eyes Mm -hmm. they have the exact same one Hmm. which is like weird you know yeah so julia they're not the same age well, they're like only... what happened in her childhood that makes her think that it could be her? So she said that, she said, quote, I don't remember most of my childhood, but my earliest memory is very strong. It is about holidays and a hot place. There was a beach and white or very light colored buildings with apartments. Julia, Julia wrote on her Instagram post, she like made an Instagram called I am Madeline McCann, which to me is a little... Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Definitely. Right. So she, like I said, has the same spot in her eye and the same beauty mark on her cheek. But like, who are her parents? So this is what she says. She says, details of her childhood don't add up. And she believes that she was abducted as a toddler. And it's, like, weird because she says that, like, nothing, she didn't think anything of it until, like, her grandma had said something, and, like, she said that they don't have any pictures of her as, like, a child or anything like that. And, like, 
you know? Mm-hmm. It's weird. But that then one of her family members came out and said, uh, on a missing person site, said, quote, For us as a family, it is obvious that Julia is our daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece, cousin, and stepniece. We have memories. We have pictures. Julia also has these photos because she took them from the family home along with her birth certificate, as well as numerous hospital discharges, numerous therapies, medicine, psychologists, and psychiatrists. She's saying that she's, this is a translation from Polish. She said she moved out of the house and refuses treatment. She said that Julia once wanted to be a singer, a model, and she always wanted to be popular. What's happening now, she got one million followers. We're all afraid Julia will carry the inevitable. The internet won't forget, and that's obvious that Julia isn't Maddie. We are devastated at this current situation, and at the same time, we would like to announce that we will not do interviews, publish any photos, comment on articles. Please direct any questions or concerns to the spokesperson of the Provincial Police Command in Worshclaw. Now, um, as of today, like, before I came over here, I didn't write this down. But it was weird because, let me find his name so I can... So, I saw this on a guy who's covering it on TikTok. And his name is Justin on TikTok, if you would like to look him up. But he, he, pointed, he pointed out some things that I didn't know. Which was that... Julia's liaison, or her spokesperson, per se, is a psychic medium Oh, in California. Oh. Yeah. Dislike that. So, and it's, like, weird because he's not sure. Now, I will say the psychic in the last episode was spot on. Well, this one. But most of them, I feel like, are kooks. This one apparently was in Forbes, and she's, like, a businesswoman. And she's like a millionaire or something like that. So it's a little unclear whether or not this was one of those situations where this lady reached out to Julia or Julia reached out to her Mm -hmm. or, you know, she just saw Julia posting about this and was like, hey, like I can help. Um, I will say that he also, Justin on TikTok, also noted that neither of them have asked for money. Which is a good sign, I guess, that it's not necessarily a scam. But I do want to say that if it comes out and she was just doing this for clout and internet views and put Madeline's family through this, um, she is going to be a milder version of Casey Anthony and everyone will hate her. Because that's probably one of the worst things that you can do um, without physically harming someone is pretending to be their missing child. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't know the fact that, and, um, the psychic lady, she had, if you look up, I am Madeline McCann on Instagram, which is her user. She has like a bunch of posts, um, and you can find the psychic lady's name on there too, but the psychic lady, she did write an article, like, I think like two years ago or something about how she knows that Madeline is still alive and that she's like living with a German family somewhere and doesn't realize who she is or something. Yeah. 
it was interesting. It was weird. It was it was weird. So it is really strange. And then you had said the German man was the man that was the main suspect. Yeah, and I had heard some things on TikTok about how she claims to have been a victim from him too, but don't quote me on that because I couldn't find anything about that when I was Who looking it up. To do that. A uh, Julia claims to have been a victim of this abuser guy. That wouldn't she have been if she had been kidnapped by him? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But she said she doesn't remember her childhood. So I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure about all that. Um, I just want to say that, you know, if the DNA comes back, and I don't, they're not, from what I understand. No, I know for a fact they're not because she had posted it on her Instagram how she had bought in the DNA test on Amazon. But it seems that it's like one of those like Ancestry or 23andMe ones. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a forensic one where you can get it back like on Mari. They should have went on Mari. Jerry Springer? Steve... Wilkos? <laughs> um, I don't think they're listening to this podcast, but... Steve Wilkos, please. I'm sure we'll come back soon. I guess we'll just find out whenever the Ancestry people get back to us. Right. I don't know. I just feel like you would remember that. Like, I have memories from, like, very vague, like, not, like, strong in any way, shape, or form memories of being a child, like, three and four, that, like... Yes, a lot of it is because, like, I've talked about it. And so, like, because I talked about it when I was a little bit older, I, like, strengthened the memory kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that, like, I picture it in my head. But I just think if you were abducted from your family as a – how old was she? Three and a half? Yeah, three. As a three-year-old, I think you would remember. Like, I think that's the kind of thing that would be, like, etched into your memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I will say that um, a lot of, like, um, like sexual abuse victims don't even remember it. Because with some people, when trauma happens, they, like, block it out completely. I know. I know that that happens. I don't know. I just think... I also think it's, like, a little weird. But then at the same time, like, if it is her... And she went through all of that trauma, then I could see why she wouldn't remember it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It just is a little odd, but we'll see. Anyway, I had heard about this case, and I knew a lot of the details. Although, when I have heard about it, it has been from people who think that her parents were involved. That's... And, like, selling her into human trafficking or, right. like, I don't really understand why they would do that. But, like, I've heard accusations about her parents more than anything mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting to hear more about um like other ideas yeah and um i know that a lot of people still believe they're involved especially because they like wrote a book about it and are doing a lot of press that people think that they were involved for media attention which is kind of weird but also i don't know i've also heard like the theories about her being like sold yeah. But I gotta be honest, like, these if were her parents too... were well off, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. And being a physician is not a job where you need, like, good press. Or, like, any kind of press, really. Like, mm-hmm. you go to work, people need doctors because they hurt themselves and they come to you. Right. If you are a good person and you tell the truth and you do your best, people will come back. It's, you know what I mean? Right. So it doesn't really make sense that they would need money or that they would need press. 
especially if they can take like these vacations in different countries. It's not like they they were hurting either. Because, like, even if you're, like, oh, well, maybe their, like, business was, like, going down. It's, like, I don't think they would be, like, taking lavish vacations, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Very know. strange. Personally, obviously, I don't know what happened. But, like, personally, I do not believe that her parents are involved. I don't know if I believe that this girl um, is her, yeah. Right. Like, I will feel, like, here's my thoughts on it. If it is her, that's going to be absolutely, like, crazy. If it's not her and she just, you know, if she was reached out to by the psychic that, like, coerced her into it and she didn't remember her childhood so she didn't know, I will feel bad for her. But if this is one of those things where she was just doing it for clout and attention on the internet, Mm -hmm. she can go to jail. That's really, like, that would be really bad. Yeah. It's gone too far. Like, I wouldn't be that upset if you made a TikTok and you, like, there are a lot of people who make TikToks that are like, isn't it weird that I've never seen my birth certificate? Like, have I been kidnapped? Da, 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 and they, like, are just being goofy about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's that. Like, if she did that and it blew up, like, that's one thing. If right. you're just being goofy. But this, she's taking it too far. Right. I mean, she made an entire Instagram account mm-hmm. called I am Madeline McCann. So. It's gone too far if she's just trying to be funny. Right. This is not funny. Yeah. So that is something. And I know when I did my ancestry test, it took like two or three weeks or something. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we will keep you updated on. So here we are a month later. (laughs) This is just a quick intervention. Just I feel like I don't I don't even know. The last update that I have on her is that. Um, now she's saying that she's another missing person. Oh, then she's fake. I can't tell if she's extremely mentally ill or if she's trying to get attention. So that's the update for that. <laughs> I think I saw a TikTok about it, though, that she was... Okay, <laughs> I would have to find this. I have no I have no resources for this. It is indeed a month later, everybody. Um, we've been on vacations and we haven't been able to record. And it'll probably be like this forever now because I have two children and Jill... Cannot record on Wednesdays, and that's the only day I can record, so it's problematic. But I saw a TikTok about how they did DNA testing between her and her adoptive family, and they found that she was adopted. Oh. Her, like, her parents that said that she was not adopted apparently were not actually her biological parents. This was on a TikTok. Is it true? I don't know. But I thought that it was backing up your story. Okay, see, now, I don't know, because I didn't see that one. I just saw, like, I wonder if I have it saved. <laughs> I probably Let me just... do. Um, I was very intrigued by that because I was like, oh, this supports Jill's story. And she's supposed to be on Dr. Phil, so. I don't know, I can't find anything about it on Google either. About her. She apparently did not test to be with her parents, and they feel strongly that she really was trafficked to the area that she lives in. That her parents were in. So, I will... She, no, you're fine. She's supposed to be on Dr. Phil, so... We'll find out. So, it seems like, if all of this is true, that she just found out that she really is not her parents' child. Her entire life And is now alive. she's wondering whose child she is. Yeah. Because it also is suspicious that her parents would lie about it. Like, if she was adopted, why wouldn't they just say, like, yeah, we adopted you? Right. Um, but... From what I saw, they did a DNA test and that she was not from Poland 
and her parents weren't her parents, and that she was trafficked, but apparently she was not Madeline. Hmm. Okay, well. Now, it's been a while, so I couldn't find the TikTok, but that is what I saw. Um, I did not see that it wasn't, that she wasn't Madeline. I just saw that they had gotten the DNA test back, but they had not done the DNA test to compare her to Madeline's parents mm-hmm. yet at that time. I'm sure more of it will come out on Dr. Phil. Oh, yeah. Has to. He's right. good at that kind of stuff, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mr. McGraw. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Murder and Misery. We will not be back next week with another episode because Jill will be on vacation. And... I just realized this probably wasn't the best case to cover right before I go on vacation. I know. But I'm going to a different to country. <laughs> You have no children to lose, so it's okay. I don't want to be lost. I am a child. Anyway, follow our Instagram, follow our TikTok, like our Facebook page. Bye. Bye. Bye.